Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a look at popular songs of the past and dives into their history, their meaning, or any other things that might be of interest surrounding those songs. My name is Claude Cole. Beat that with a stick. Hey, if you want to get in touch with me, probably the best way is to find me on Twitter at HowGoodItIsPod, or you can leave a comment on the website, HowGoodItIs.com, where you can find some additional trivia, some follow-ups, and some other stuff that I found interesting. And don't forget to check out and follow the show's Facebook page, because that's where the cool kids hang out. It's over at Facebook.com slash Ow, HowGoodItIsPod. In the early days of rock and roll, the idea of an act that wrote their own music was a pretty rare bird. Songwriters wrote songs, and artists performed them, and with few exceptions, there weren't a lot of crossovers until the late 50s and going into the 60s. In addition, early aspiring stars weren't especially sophisticated musicians. They sang in church or school choirs, and then they performed on street corners or in amateur hour-type shows. And of course, even as talented amateurs, they were working with songs they already knew, so they'd just adapt the song to their particular style. Thus, it was with the Flamingos and their biggest hit, I Only Have Eyes For You. I Only Have Eyes For You was written back in 1934 by Harry Warren and Earl, um, Al Dubin rather, and it was written for a film that year called Dames, starring Ruby Keeler, Dick Powell, Joan Blondell, and of course, Zasu Pitts. And it also featured a bunch of dance numbers created by Busby Berkeley. And this is the music from the da- one of the dance numbers. Now, oddly enough, if you watch the dance sequence of this song, and I'll link it on the website, there isn't really a lot of dancing going on. There's some walking around and a lot of fabric being fanned about and people providing some visual background, but not a lot of actual choreography. And now I feel kind of like I need to go watch other clips of Busby Berkeley's work to figure out uh, whether or not he was a fraud. In addition to the dance number, the song was introduced to the audience by Dick Powell in an earlier scene in the same movie. This is how I feel about you. Now around that same time, the song was recorded by Ben Selvin and his orchestra. There were a couple of other performers who recorded it that year as well, but Selvin's was probably the most popular version, topping out at number two on the charts. Note though that it has a bit of a foxtrot tempo going on. And I only know that it's a foxtrot because it says so on the record's label. So the song was recorded a few other times after that, including by Peggy Lee in 1947 and a group called The Swallows in 1952, but it didn't really get a lot of attention until the Flamingos came along in 1959. The Flamingos worked as an a cappella group sharpening their musical skills at the Church of God and Saints of Christ in Philadelphia, and it's this brand of harmony that really made them stand out as a vocal group. Thank you. 
It's not just the harmonies that make their version work out so well. It's also the slower tempo, but it's also, it's the deep echo that they put on the recording, which really gives the whole thing an ambience that makes it very dreamy, as if it were recorded deep in the night. And coincidentally, that's pretty much how it happened. Flamingo's version was arranged and co-produced by Terry Buzzy Johnson. He was a Baltimore native who joined the group as a first tenor in 1956. Now, he was encouraged to do whatever he liked with the song, but he had a lot of trouble putting it together. What he did know was that the other versions were way too vanilla for his taste. And according to an interview he did with Sound on Sound, he says he was laying down in his room with the guitar on his chest, playing around with the chords, but no matter what he tried, it wasn't working. Finally, it was about 12 or 1 in the morning, and he fell asleep. And in his dream, he heard, I only have eyes for you, just the way it came out on the record. He said, I heard the doobop shabop, I heard the way the harmony would sound, I heard the harmony so clear, and I heard the structure of the chords. And as soon as I woke up, I grabbed the guitar off my chest, and it was like God put my fingers just where they were supposed to be. I played those chords, and I heard the harmonies, and so I called the guys. I woke them all up, and I said, come over to my room right now. I've got, I only have eyes for you. He says, they were like, are you crazy? It's almost four o'clock. And he said, I need you all now because otherwise I might not be able to remember. So they went to his room and when they heard him do it, they looked at him like, what the hell is this? But they agreed to record it that way. Now at that time, a lot of these groups would record everything all at once using a single microphone suspended over them on a boom or maybe one for the lead singer and another for all the backups. At the most, the music would be recorded with one set of mics for the uh, music and the singers on another and that was it but it was still all recorded together at once and that created a little bit of a problem for the flamingos because their bass singer jake carey was a lot shorter than the other guys carey was asked to stand on a stack of phone books but at first he balked at the idea until he was told look we're not all going to bend our necks down to suit you that mic has to be at a certain level for all of us so carey put up with standing on the phone books Something you might not pick up right away is unless unless you're trying to actively learn the words to the song is that the backup vocals have an interesting tick to them. And this is where the record deviates from Johnson's dream a little bit. In the dream, he says, they all sang Dubop Shabbat. But when they laid down the track, they changed it up each time they sang. So one time it'd be Dubop Shabbat, then it would go Goobop Shabbat, and then it'd be Boobop Shabbat. Johnson deliberately made it tougher for people to definitively pick out what they were singing. Originally, I Only Have Eyes For You wasn't meant to be a single. The Flamingos actually recorded this song, a cover of Russ Colombo's Goodnight Sweetheart, as the uh, lead single for their debut album. But yet again, the disc jockeys got wind of the fact that there was a B-side worth listening to, and that's the one that got the airplay. (laughs) 
After sheer repetition, we have memories of this song being a huge hit. And while it was this group's biggest track, it only peaked at number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100 and at number 3 on the R&B chart. And while that makes it the 73rd biggest hit of 1959, according to Billboard, it's really over the passage of time that its reputation has grown. Rolling Stone has ranked the Flamingos version as number 157 on their 500 greatest songs of all time. song was also covered by the Letterman in 1966 and reached number 72 on the Billboard chart. I gotta tell you the truth, I really didn't remember it until I heard it again while researching for this show. And the only other version of this song that's had any real commercial success would be this 1975 cover by Art Garfunkel, which hit number one in the UK for a couple of weeks. version also peaked at number 18 in the U.S. on the Hot 100, and it did top the adult contemporary chart. was almost certainly boosted by Garfunkel performing it on the second episode of Saturday Night Live. That was on October 18th of 1975. But of course, whenever the song is used in a movie, more often than not, it's going to be the Flamingos version that you hear. And that's it for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with me, once again, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. You can also check out and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod or, or, or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I throw in a few extra bits for you now and then. Next time around, we are going to discover how good it is to climb that stairway to heaven. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you then. Hey.